Hello and welcome to Need to Know, your weekly baking podcast covering everything from the hottest trends in entertainment in baking to trusted expertise on your favorite pastime. I'm Kevin Kurtz, co-creator, co-founder of Bigger Bolter Baking, and I'd like to say co-eater of many of the amazing baking recipes of my co-host, the one and only Chef Gemma Stafford. Hello, Kevin. <laughs> Hello, Gemma. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm excited that I'm a co-host here, and I, I, I think there, there are a few reasons for it. Um, one is a special announcement that, that you'll want to stay tuned uh, to the very end of this episode for. But the other is that if you're listening when this podcast releases, it's Father's Day. So, Gemma, oh, wh- is. What, what, what did you make me? I made you a baby. That's what I made you. <laughs> Are we allowed to say that? Touche. Touche. <laughs> well, Gemma, growing up, uh, was Father's Day a big deal in Ireland? Um, yeah, like anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Father's Day, Mother's Day. The funny thing about Father's Day in Ireland is that it falls on the same day. So Father's Day, I think, for most countries, it's the same day all around the world. Whereas Mother's Day, our Mother's Day is in May, is in March. And you guys, Mother's Day is in May. Isn't Why? that right? Why is it? I don't know. Yeah. Why? Maybe, I don't know, we, we just we just love our mothers more. We want to celebrate it earlier. Earlier, earlier, of course. Um, I don't know. Would you do much for your dad on Father's Day? Yeah, like, I, I always, I would always make something. Like, I, I'm thinking right now there was, like, he has it up in his room right now, but there was a mug that, like, I made with, I think it's, like, you know, that air-drying clay that, oh, yeah. um, like, when you were kids, I don't know, it must have been, like, nine or ten or something, and you make something, and then you air-dry it, and then you paint it, um... It's pretty terrible, but it's there with my name on it and the year, which was 2005. <laughs> Would you bake him anything? Yeah, I used to make, this is a total flashback. I used to make these things that one of the girls in my, this is I talk about baby, baby school. So I don't know, was I nine or 10 or something? She made these things one day and I thought it was the best idea ever. Her name was Una Lally and she bought to school one day marshmallows that had been dipped in chocolate and then tossed in coconut, which I just thought was like, how did she even come up with this idea? It was amazing. So I used to get up really early in the morning and I remember standing in the house that I grew up in um, at the table. It must have been five something in the morning, dipping marshmallows and, and tossing them in coconut for, I think for Father's Day and for Mother's Day. Let me ask, did your, do you, did your parents like Marshmallow and coconut, those flavors? Oh, I have no idea. Probably not. <laughs> Did I mean, they as, eat them? I, I, I doubt it. And then also just knowing the chocolate that I had available to me was, here's a baby now. Um, chocolate that I had available to me was really low grade. It was what they call Wonder Bar chocolate, which is like a candy bar. It's very sweet and not really chocolate at all. So it was dipped in Wonder Bar. Nice. So nice not thing. great. Oh, chocolate. <laughs> Well, I am excited for whatever is planned and whatever is ahead. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, I'm hoping that my Father's Day does have some element of this first story that Gemma, when I saw this, I had to talk about it. I know that you and Gina talk a lot about ice cream on the show, but this is serious, like breaking news, hold the presses, like big deal information. So if you're familiar uh, with Salt and Straw, one of, I think, the best creameries out there, uh, ice cream stores out of 
uh, Portland and they have a number of stores uh, mainly on the West Coast here. They always have these artisanal flavors that they rotate on a monthly basis. They have different themes. So for Halloween, they had these amazing candy and, and, and uh, you know, Thanksgiving, they'll have different sort of uh, incorporated flavors in the holidays. But every month they have something new. So for June, they have what they're calling the Summer Picnic Series. Do you want to hear some of these flavors? Yeah, I think I might like these. I don't, because when you remember when it was fall time and there was pumpkin and then like there was turkey. Remember that at Thanksgiving there was well, turkey? Hold so, on. Okay, the, I, I think I like these more. So tell me what they are. Hold on. Okay. So first of all, there is pink rosé and watermelon sorbet. That sounds delicious. What do you think of that? That sounds delicious. That's a, a good start. That's a good start. I know that would be high on your list. Uh, the next one is, and I had to, I have to, I had to look this one up. Chocolate Nocino cherry pie. Do you know what Nocino is? No, I've never heard of that before. What is that? So it's a it's a walnut liqueur. No. Yeah. So it's a walnut. I've never heard of a walnut liqueur before. It's like a spiked cherry pie. That sounds yeah, good. Chocolate and cherries, yes. Yep. And then a liqueur with cherries, um, yes, because they just have a kind of a booziness to them. So yeah, I, I would I would get down with that. That's right. It's a chocolate ice cream and has that hint of cherry and, and the booze as well, which which I love. This next one too, I think you're gonna be all over. So I think again, we like we've gotta go try these. Is it like cheesecake or something? Because those are my favorite flavors. Baked brie and fig cheesecake. What do you think about that? No, you just made me very upset. No, those I don't like those, Kevin. Like, why don't you just keep your ice cream your ice cream? I, I do. I love figs and I love cheese. And you and I often have a little charcuterie here on the weekend uh, in the middle of the afternoon. But I don't. Uh, that's mixing business with pleasure. Well, hold on. It's going to get better and more controversial because it uses a creamy brie cheesecake with a candied Ritz cracker crust. Ritz crack. That's the cheese ones, right? No. Ritz cracker. No. no, it's not cheese. It's more of like a plain. Oh, plain of. cracker. Well, still no. <laughs> it's very brief forward. I understand. Okay. Next if you up. Said, uh, sorry to interrupt yes. you, but if you had said to me I, goat's cheese, I could get on board with that. Really? Okay. Yeah. If you said to me, like, yeah, I, I would be like, okay, I've, I, like, I have a recipe coming up in my second book uh, for a chev and a baked, she- like a baked chev cheesecake with like blueberries. Um, I'm good with that. I'm good with like, remember one time I went to a food festival in San Francisco and we had caramels made with a goat's milk which were so yes. delicious yes. but um brie in ice cream i don't get the why like why yes why is that too is that to shock people is it like do you really think people are going to be like on the floor like i absolutely adore this like i, don't, I really don't think so i would say hold on to your butts as they say uh for some of these upcoming flavors because i think it's, a, it's, about, it's, to get, it's about to get worse. it's about to get a little spicy <laughs> all right I'm going to describe it first before I even tell you what the flavor is. So it's deep fried pieces of croissants in chicken fat and a seasoned vanilla ice cream base with a blend of secret spices from a Washington state uh, favorite, Azelle's fried chicken. It is cinnamon and honey fried chicken. That would not be for me. <laughs> I'm but going to leave it. No, no, you I, didn't, I you, you didn't 
you didn't uh, dismiss it completely. No, I'm trying to be nice. Okay. That's me saying, please move on. Next up, this, I think in its original form, is one of your favorite things. Okay. I, oh, I, I, I wait, it's original favorite, form. Favorite. But think Summer Picnic series. Is there anything we missed about Summer Picnics, about, uh, I don't know, about uh, potluck? Like people bring different things to a picnic. Did we miss something that could possibly be made into ice cream? What do you think? What, what is it? What's what's popular to bring to a potluck at the summertime? Uh, cheesecake. You tell me, cheesecake. We already have a cheesecake flavor. Cake isn't really a thing. Cookies aren't really a thing. I mean, like I like I just think of summer picnics. I think fruit salad. And I think panna cotta or little things like that. Mm. You have to tell me, you Kevin. I don't you know weren't going to guess this one then. Deviled egg custard with smoked black tea. It's deviled egg ice cream. And we're talking about a classic egg custard ice cream. And they add a sulfur-like flavor from the deviled eggs with an Indian black salt. And they ended up adding a smoked tea shortbread uh, crumble that resembles the smoky bacon garnish that a lot of mm-hmm. uh, that a lot of deviled eggs have. Yeah. Is this another move on? Um <laughs> I just I go back to what you always say, Kevin, which I think is a great line, is uh, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right, right. I think that was from Jurassic Park. Was it really? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure other places. Other but places. Um, no, I just don't see the point. Like, who is that helping? Ice cream lovers? No. People well, who love deviled eggs? No. All no. right. You'll, you'll have to sound off on this out there. And maybe, maybe just on... Uh, your social media, we might go try in some of these flavors. Well, there's one, there's a salt and straw. So this is for, I'm going to just let everybody know that this is your favorite ice cream shop. It is. And there is one around the corner, like up on Ventura near our house. And I will tell you that when we moved to the area, I was a little bit concerned that I would actually make make that trip more often than I actually do. Yeah, you haven't done it that much. No, I've been pretty good. Yeah. I've been pretty good. But um, if I do go there... I'm not, there's no way I'm trying any of those. Come here to me. What would, of those flavors would you like? As are, seriously, yeah. are there any of those that you find appealing of the of the, yeah. the, the, the off the wall ones? Of the well, the break, baked brie and fig sounds good to me. And I'm I'm not necessarily like just a big I'm not a big cheese fan, but I like cheesecake. And so to me that sounds creamy. It's it's the the brie is from Cowgirl Creamery, so you know it's going to be super high quality. Um, that sounds refreshing, like something light. That's not usually my typical vibe with ice cream. I usually like chocolate. I like things in my ice cream, so chunks, flavors. My favorite flavor from Salt and Straw is the uh, salted malted chocolate chip cookie dough Mm. because uh, the the flavors work so well together and you've got these like chunks of of, uh, cookie dough. Then I would say the cinnamon and honey fried chicken, I would do it. I would absolutely do it. It's croissant dough. It's croissants in there. Like that's that's incredible. Yeah, but there's also chicken in there. No chicken. It's chicken. It's fat. just the fat. Just the fat. Chicken fat. And don't get me wrong, I adore chicken fat. Right. See, there you go. Um, but why? <laughs> right. I just don't mix those worlds. All right. For Father's Day, uh, we may we may go try that. That's we fine. That's your that day. Flavor, you so. do you. So, Gemma, you mentioned something that, that we actually have not officially announced here. So we're going to do it right now, which is. You have a second cookbook coming out. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, love for you to talk about it. We just announced Bigger Boulder Baking Every Day, which releases on October 25th of this year, 2022. And um, it's available for pre-order right now. Gemma, tell us about Every Day. Um, it is a collection of... Also, oh, if you... I like to think of it as when I went to write this book, it took me a little while to find exactly what it was going to be, like the theme and just the structure to it. And then once I landed on it being everyday baking, it all like made perfect sense. The, um, the, so it's a collection of a hundred and less, a little less than 130 recipes, so a little bit more than the first book. And it's about baking your way through a week. So depending on the time of the time that you have, and then also the occasion, like different times, you know, a different day calls for a different occasion, you know, like during the week, you might be doing a little bit more like baking of like scones and not, you know, big extravagant desserts. So we kind of do, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, muffins, scones, quick breads. We do family desserts, um, some that I grew up with, some that, that you and I have here, um, puddings and like my berry tiramisu and um, uh, a pavlova, like really fun uh, midweek recipes for your family. And then we work our way towards the weekend where you go to like Friday night uh, dinner party desserts where they get a little bit more extravagant. There's a little bit of, um, little, you know, the chocolate's a little bit darker. There's a little bit of alcohol in some of them. Um, they, you know, it's a little bit elevated. And then, you know, we, we go to Saturday and Sunday where um usually when I when I was young that was when I did my most baking it was when I did yeast to doughs because you had overnight to do it and you had right. all that time so um for the weekend baking uh like leisurely weekend bakes is is um that chapter and it's a lot of yeast to doughs and breads and breakfast buns and croissants and things like that and then we also have um uh, brunch actually further up in the book we have oh sorry actually there no no at the la- in the last sorry and then we have brunch and then we have a chapter of really easy and quick what I call short and sweet recipes to, to kind of for for any day and um, for every day and um uh, yeah so it's a book it's a collection of accessible recipes depending on if you're having a dinner party and looking for something a little bit more sophisticated and fancy or if you're looking for a family dessert to make on a Wednesday night and everything in between. Yeah, so of course I I ate my way through most of that book and uh, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, We will be talking more about Bigger Boulder Baking every day closer to release in October. But again, you can pre-order it right now wherever you buy books and um, yeah, there'll be more to come. A um, little bit of a left turn here, Gemma. Did you ever watch the Golden Girls growing up? Not growing, a little bit. I saw, sure. I saw it. But um, you know the way some people watched it religiously. Yes. I think I, I, I've seen it. I watched it when I was older, like in the last few years. But um, I never watched it religiously growing up. Sure. Well, coming to Beverly Hills this July, there's a Golden Girls pop-up restaurant. And there's an eatery and a bar and it. The whole hope is that it transports visitors back to the 1980s, uh, you know, the setting of, of this treasured sitcom. And I think one of the things that people who watch it know is that uh, Dorothy, Blanche, Rose, and Sophia, they, they would often turn to one rich dessert when they were talking out issues. Do you remember what uh, that was? No, I don't know what that is. What is that? It's cheesecake. 
No, I, I didn't watch it enough to know that. Yeah, they were big, big cheesecake fans. So, uh, you know, I know you and Gina haven't really talked too much about cheesecakes here. So uh, talk with me about your favorite kinds of cheesecakes. Um, baked cheesecake is like New York style baked cheesecake is my favorite type of cheesecake. Um, in my first book, I have um, a recipe for a traditional baked New York style cheesecake with blueberries in it. And that, like, that's my kind of cheesecake because it's like heavy and it's rich and it's creamy. Like I, I love that. But then we did the, um, the Academy month of February was all about cheesecakes which was a really fun month because I really had to think outside the box. It's like, I can't show them how to make a traditional, there's only so many cheesecakes you can make. Mm -hmm. Like you can do a baked one or a not baked one. So how am I going to show them how to make different styles of cheesecake? And one of my favorite recipes of the Academy so far was when we did the rolled, it's um, a cheesecake roll, baked cheesecake roll. So it's a cheesecake cake roulade, but with a layer of baked cheesecake in the middle. Like it was just so much fun. Uh, I just thought a really creative uh, like family friendly dessert, uh, and those are those kinds of things like I really like. Yeah. But yeah, no, just a good old fashioned baked, heavy, uh, creamy, dense cheesecake. <laughs> so, tell me, just straight up cheesecake. What do you like on top? Anything? Any additions to it? Yeah, with that kind of a cheesecake, you wouldn't. You'd have cream. But you wouldn't have ice cream. Well, you, actually, you wouldn't normally have ice cream with mm. cheesecake anyway. So I'll take that back. But like berries, um, cream, would you berries, add like no, nearly always a compost, like okay. a berry compost or something. That's why I like the blueberries in the in my uh, in my one in the book. Right. I have to say though, I I haven't mentioned this in a while, but my mom, you know the story, Kevin. But my mom used to make cheesecakes for Sunday lunch. So in Ireland. Um, Sunday lunch would be kind of a big deal because you'd, you'd, it's, um, your big kind of like your roast chicken, family meal, roast beef, ro- some sort of roast meat, you know, you're like, you'd kind of do church and stuff like that in the morning. And then like in the afternoon, you'd go visit your granny or whatever. And then in the afternoon you would have like Sunday lunch and, um, it was always a big deal. Roast potatoes, roast veg, uh, roast chicken, um, ham or like whatever it was. And we'd always have dessert. And my mom used to make, sometimes she would alternate them, but she would make a cheesecake. And the cheesecake I just adored. I loved it. Like we all loved it. And she'd make two different flavors. She'd make lemon and she'd make strawberry. And, or was it raspberry? Anyway, she made two flavors. And the reason she made two flavors was because the the flavoring, I'll, I'll tell you what it was now. The How she made the cheesecake was a, bo- a block of uh, Philadelphia cream cheese, some whipping cream and a block of jello and she would melt the jello add it into the cream cheese then whip the and cream by jello you're talking more of like a gelatin you jelly, know the tablets right? yeah exactly. like the ta- yeah jelly right. jelly right um so like jelly yeah um and she would melt the tablets, add it into the cream cheese, uh, a little bit of sugar, I think sometimes, maybe not actually any sugar, and then whipped whipped cream and then fold that in. Mm. And you'd get this really like mousse, like really soft cheesecake. And it was like set with the jelly in there and flavored with the flavor of the tablet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, and then we'd have digestive biscuits as the base, but I just thought this was the best dessert. And still, I know people, I know people in Ireland, um, I've been, I used to work in a cafe that used to make their cheesecakes this way. 
and uh, it's and I know in America also it's a thing mm. to do not the pudding though what is it is it the is it the dried jelly granules that you guys do do you know like a jello yeah but it's not so. like a tablet like the way like no, ours would be no, a jelly be a powder yeah right? powder yes. yeah ours was a jelly block that you right. would melt right yeah yeah well Gem since it's summer and it's hot a lot of people like to keep their ovens off uh, what are some no-bake cheesecakes you can recommend? What are some of your favorites? Um, I have a few on the website. Like, I like any... F- I'm good with... You know, the way, like, I'm not the biggest chocolate and peanut butter fan, but mm. we do have a chocolate and peanut butter no-bake cheesecake. And it's I like them because you get, like... You know, make them small and individual mm-hmm. and, like, you know, little amounts. Um, picnic but, food. Yeah, like picnic food. And... But a little bit of like chocolate and peanut butter. I love blueberries and lemon with cream cheese. It's just one of my favorite combinations yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah. Um, well, even, don't you have no-bake bars? Didn't you have a oh, no-bake? Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah. yeah, cheesecake bar. Right. Yeah, that's on the website. That was one of my favorite right. things. Right. Uh, with a cookie crust on the bottom, but then this kind of crumble on top. I love that. And that's on the website. I love like, a birthday cake. Cheesecake, I could get down with that. Um, I'm still a big Nutella. fan of the Nutella, exactly. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times it's the crust as well. The cookie crust yeah. is so good with those. You know the way some people make these crustless cheesecakes? Like, what's that about? What, what's the point in that? Like, isn't the crust the one, <laughs> one of the most important parts of a cheesecake? <laughs> it is. It is. It's, yeah. For, just go for the carbs. Or, just go for it. They do cake base. Like right. they, they would, I, I, I worked in a place that did this. Rather than make a cookie crumb, they would buy these sheets of a pre-made cake. Mm. And this doesn't sound like a very classy establishment that I worked at, but believe me, it actually was. Um, they would buy these, uh, it was a cake that came from France and it was like thin layers and um, made, it, you, you would be utilizing like fine desserts. So they would layer mousses and ganache and stuff in between it. Wow. But um, they would just cut that out with the with the the cheesecake pan, and then put cheesecake on top. But it was cake on the bottom. Like I just didn't get the point of that. That's weird. Just uh, seems a little bit lazy. No, it seems a little bit lazy. That's not a cheesecake. It's not a flavor thing though. Like I love the crust for flavor, whether it adds you know sweetness or saltiness or bitterness you know to some extent. Um, yeah, the crust is a must. Do you like that? Not really. I no. rhymed. <laughs> All right, so from cheesecakes to cakes, uh, our next story here is about uh, learning the small cake equation and making every cake a six-inch cake. Jem, does this kind of ring, you know, any sort of bells with you? The the idea that most cakes typically are for eight or nine inches rather than being for six inches. Is, is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. A standard cake is eight to nine inches. Right, right. So... There is a method by which you can take a cake recipe for an eight or nine inch uh, round pan and multiply each of the batter ingredients by 57% if starting from an eight inch recipe or 45% if starting from a nine incher. Now, I'm already reading that and your eyes are glazing over a little bit. Does this... Well, no, I'm just confused. So no, keep going because you said you multiply it. Do you mean divide... Do you, do you mean to multiply? Because you're, you're saying you're making it for six inches. Uh, if you were to multiply it by 57%, it would mean it would be only 50%, 57% of the whole. So you're, you're dividing it effectively. Yeah, but, okay. But multiplying by a percent ends up 
being more division. Okay. <laughs> now I'm getting into too much. <laughs> don't get, don't, don't, uh, yeah. No, Leave no, your notes in the comments about. No, this uh, is interesting. About, about that. Um, they also will adjust for bake time. So they're saying if a recipe calls for a 25 minute bake time, uh, you start with 10 minutes for a six inch cake and you rotate it in the oven and then give it another five minutes and all of that. H- have you ever, do you, do you adjust the cake size at all or? No, I don't go into that kind of math. Who's doing sure. this by the way? Um, this was an article from our friends over at Epicurious as well. And they're just, the, the article is about telling any, how to adjust any eight to nine inch. That's, That's really, right. no, it's interesting. Right. Uh, it's a good one. It's a good topic. Um, I, I don't do that because I'm terrible at math and I would, um, like I, I would look for a six inch recipe rather than go try and make one myself. Sure. Sure. Well, it's funny. You often say you're not good at math, but but to me, going back to the baking science and the elements of recipe making and the fact that you actually are multiplying and dividing a number of different things, I think you're good at math. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, so what could go wrong here? You're bad at math. I'm not. And then no, not you're not. <laughs> but you're bad at math and you calculate wrong. I do I this. I do it. Yeah. I um I have a chart now where which gives me all the equations for pretty much every ingredient. So yeah. I I and doing this for so many years, I don't make as many mistakes, but when I have to multiply out something and there's a baby uh, hanging off my leg and there's a dog looking for his dinner, I make mistakes. And um, I would just be worried that I would multiply wrong. And then, you know, it, it just takes one ingredient to throw everything off. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, so you're saying if you're looking for a six inch recipe, go make a six inch recipe. No, I think it's interesting, but I would say if you're going to do that, if you're going to calculate it, I'd say just double check, right. check your um, measurements right. and, uh, you know, just, just focus. Right. No, I think it's, it's really interesting. I must try that. Yeah. Maybe we'll give that a try. All right. From cheesecakes to cakes to brownies now. Uh, this next article is about the unexpected ingredient that they suggest adding to your brownies. So first, Gemma, I, I want you to try to guess what you think this is. Do you have any idea? I mean, just even that sort of headline. Do you think there's something that maybe a standard brownie recipe doesn't include that you should include? Wait, is it, it, it Just let me give you a bit more information. Is it going to be something like a pickle where I'm never going to guess that? Or is it something like... Um, it's non-traditional cake flour. It's non non-traditional to baking, mm. though not a hundred percent non-traditional. I already don't like where this is going. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, something like chilies. Okay, no, that's a little too far. So, so it's zucchini. Their zucchini bread is is lovely. So adding zucchini ends up adding extra moisture uh, to bake goods, including yeah. brownies. And so the idea is that you grate it up put in a food processor, however you end up doing it. It just ends up adding a lot of moisture, which ends up uh, creating a, a better brownie product. So I'm guessing you have not tried this. I haven't tried it. It makes sense. Like, I mean, that's why we love zucchini bread and carrot cake. I, I, I'm not, I have to say, I'm not the biggest zucchini fan, even as a vegetable. Um, I love carrots and I love carrot cake. Um, but, and the reason I love carrot cake is because it's so moist and then you have a lot of eggs in there and brown sugar and oil. Um, but I get, I guess why it would do all those things. So yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they, and like, it, it doesn't have, the flavor is so mild that it's just going to like have a lot of like good benefits. And then also there's zucchini, which is like zucchini I'm sure is good for you, even though a lot of it's water. Sure. 
Sure. Well, water's good for you. Water's mm-hmm. good. That's true. What other veggies do you like to incorporate into desserts or if there are any? Um, no, uh, Gina, uh, we talked about this one day and she told me about adding parsnips into cakes. Hmm. I know I like, car- like, I like carrot cake. I, we went through a list of like, what is there out there? I think rhubarb is a vegetable and hmm. I do like rhubarb. Oh, that's right. So we have to look that one up. Yeah. 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 I'm guessing it's a fruit. No, no. I think it's a vegetable. <laughs> we looked it up one day. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Uh, awesome. Well, so again, continuing on the, the, the summer theme, fresh vegetables, fruits, things like that. Um, you've grilled on your barbecue before. Yeah. And we've recently released, uh, uh, some, a, a new, uh, barbecue recipe. Um, what are some tips for barbecuing desserts and like, how, how would you think about like the desserts that, that you should barbecue? Um, so not everything is a good question. Not everything is good for barbecuing. Um, I would say, so let, I'm just trying to think of something like you wouldn't put chocolate, a chocolate bar on your grill, mm-hmm. but you know, you can grill like, um, you mentioned the shortcake, strawberry shortcake. So mm-hmm. we have on the website right now, you can grill pound cake, you can grill angel food cake. Um, you can grill things like that. You just have to be, because they're so high in sugar, you have to be, uh, mm. like watching them. You have to be close by and then like turning them. They, they, they cook very fast. Like when I did the angel food cake, it was very fast. And, um, you know, a barbecue is fantastic, especially like we're in LA in the summertime, it gets really hot and you can do so much on a barbecue. You know, it's not even just about like recipes that you can put directly on the grill. You, can create a trivet like use a a cast iron pot or a pan or something that will withstand the heat and place that on your grill and then put like maybe a oh gosh a cobbler you know a cobbler Mm. in a in a cast Mm. iron or in something on top of that you know so you're just you have it away from the direct heat it's not like damaging it and you have the lid closed and like you, you've created this like oven where mm-hmm. it's like circulating and, you know, you can bake, bake in mm-hmm. a barbecue. It's not as easy. It's not as controlled, but, um, you know, once you get, it takes a little bit of practice, mm-hmm. but you know, it's totally doable. Get a hang of the heat there. Well, yeah. I want to pass along one of the, um, the simplest and kind of best dessert tips you've given me, which is once you're doing your mains, as far as you're, you're, you're done with your mains, you turn off the barbecue and then just throw bananas on the grill. Yeah. And you just let them sit, right? Yep. This is what we did as kids. We would have our dinner. We didn't have a gas barbecue. We had a coal. And we would have our dinner. And uh, just before, I think before we had sat down for dinner, we would all put bar- we would all put ban- a whole banana on the grill. Not Some people like take it out now and put it in tin foil and everything. We just put a whole banana, skin and all, on the grill. And then by the time you're finished your dinner, your banana is black mm-hmm. and ready to go. And we would just take them out of the skin and have them with vanilla ice cream. And yeah. still to this day, it's one of my absolute favorite desserts. We wouldn't put caramel sauce on it. We wouldn't have a cream. We would just have banana and vanilla ice cream. And like just the sweetness and the the texture and just like it's, and it's almost kind of like luxurious. It's like so delicious. I have such like so... So many great food memories from that. Yeah, well, we're, we're still doing it here. So you've definitely uh, brought that into our family as well. Gemma, I think it's that time for a little stump Gemma. And I don't, I don't think I've done this with you before. No. Um, so rapid yeah. fire, asking you some questions, seeing if I can actually stump you. Is that right? 
Yeah, you're just and trying to. Yeah, what's your hit record? What like what, what what's your record like? I think, think in all the months, I think Gina got me like once or twice. Okay, okay, all right, all right. Here's a good one to start off with. The first known wedding cakes were actually made of. Oh. This baked good. Oh. Um. Might I actually do it? Hold on a second now. Um, oh my gosh. I, I should just guess. I'm just going to guess. So that you're talking years back. Like I'm guessing thousands. Yeah, thousands of years. Right. <laughs> um, Whatever we have records for. Bread? I don't know. You got it. Did I get it right? You got Are it. Are you serious? <laughs> well done. Oh my gosh. Well done. Wow. Yeah. The the uh, earliest uh, wedding cakes date back to using bread. If you think about it, it's like the, you know, well, it was the one of the first. first thi- well, when you said when exactly. you said it was like a long, long time ago. Yes. That was like yeah. Wow. I have to say, I'm very proud of myself. There we go. That was a good one. Okay. This one. This next one. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, according to Google. These recipes, this type of baked good recipes, are the fastest growing recipe search. So a category of recipe. And think, think about the categories on our website. Yeah. These types of recipes are the fastest growing and that this is like search. this is a, a according to Google. Well, no, but now, like yes, right, right now. now. Right. Yeah. Not when not when bread was used for wedding cakes. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something. Microwave recipes. It's not correct. Oh, can I have another guess? Yes. Um, and you can ask questions. I, I'll, I'll answer within reason. Give me a hint. Give me a hint. Uh, it's a traditional baked good. Banana bread. I was going to say that first. Can I take, if, if that's right, can I change my answer? No, it's not right. Would you like to lock in that vote? <laughs> okay, you tell me. Tell me what it is. Cupcake recipes Stop. are the fastest growing recipe search. Like now in 2022. Why do you think that might be in 2022? I have no idea. I have no idea. That's a, it's, I wasn't it's even a big fan one. when they were a big hit. It's an odd one. Yeah, like, why would it, I have a mini cake when I could have a big one? Well, it's, well, it's, it's one all for you. That's right? very funny. I wonder, is that like because like a social media or something? Yeah, possibly, but again, also it comes down to individual. Maybe, maybe it has something to do with pandemic baking, as far as people were baking less cakes and maybe shifted more towards oh yeah, because yeah, individual personal. That's interesting. Yeah, they could. That's very yeah. well. It could be it. Okay. All right. So these, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to phrase it this way: is um, these particular baking staples, mm-hmm. and there are two ingredients are added during baking to improve the nutritional value and flavors of the baked good. There are two staples in baking, baking ingredients. Okay. So it, it's just to add nutritional value? No, they do other no, stuff. They do other okay, stuff Okay, I'm well. just going to say two things. Yes. Butter and eggs. You got one correct. Would you like to wager which one was correct? Um, and change your answer for the other. Eggs. Do you think that was correct? Yeah. You are correct. So what is, instead of butter, what's See, the other? See, uh, my other thing would, would say, I, I well, there's a few staples. See, like, I, I, I feel like you're going to say milk. 
But like milk isn't a baking staple. Mm. Would you like to lock in that answer? <laughs> Is that, am I right? <laughs> yes. Oh! <laughs> milk and eggs. Okay. Butters are good. Butter's I would good say answer. baking staples are sugar, eggs, flour, and butter. A mil- sure. Okay, you like because you, you sure. use them in pretty much every baking right. recipe. Right. Makes so sense. I wouldn't think of bil- milk as so you're. As, do you know what, Kevin? That yeah. was a little bit misleading. Yeah. Well, I think I so think I, think some I got of that, that one right. Well, I think some of that actually goes back to um, box cake mixes, right? Back in the day, where it was the whole concept of box cake was to allow people to create cakes, bake goods quicker. But even though they could have engineered the box to to just bake right out of the box, maybe with just adding water or something that, uh, eggs, oil, milk, things like that are, are still required. Yeah. So it might've been that. Yeah, maybe. Okay. So did I get that like half you, right? You got that. You got that pretty well. You, I did. So you have a chance to redeem yourself here okay. at the very end. Yeah. So as of 2017, mm-hmm. America's top selling cookie brand is this cookie brand of 2017 as of oh as, as of, of 2000 i thought you're oh my yeah, gosh it's not like sports statistics yeah like how did the mets play and um 75. as of 2017 this cookie brand yes is what the biggest is america's top selling cookie brand how about the how about the ones in the fridge pack the 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 oh oh Oreos. There you go. There you go. Yes. The only thing is, I have to say, we didn't, we don't, we didn't have the information on um, what was the top selling cookie brand beforehand. I wonder what that would have been. Yeah, interesting. And yeah, especially that makes in sense the US. To me. When you said cookie brand, I thought you, I, I immediately thought raw cookies. Oh, raw cookies. Like, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that's so. Then I thought sure. like the guys that you get in the sure. supermarket. Maybe it was Chips Ahoy or something like that. Back yeah, it could day. have been. Those, you know what? We'll, we'll look that I one up. I remember years ago, I thought they were really good. We'll look that one up and we can we can post in the comments what the uh, the prior America's top selling cookie brand was. Gemma, I think that takes us to the end of this episode here. And I mentioned a special announcement at the beginning, and it's um, somewhat uh, bittersweet news, but, um, but we are going to take a little bit of a break. Is that right? We're going to take a summer hiatus here. We're going to take a summer hiatus. Because it is summer, and we're going to come back um, even bolder and better with Need to Know in the fall, um, where we want to hear from you in the meantime about... Uh, things you like in the show, other things you want to see, guests maybe that you want to talk about. Um, so Need to Know will absolutely be back. Um, in the meantime, again, you'll continue to see um, all of your videos and recipes on biggerbolderbaking.com and across YouTube and TikTok and other platforms. Um, but Gemma, what, what do you hope to do this summer on on a, on a, on a personal note? Well, we've been very busy this year. And for the past seven years. So, eight years. <laughs> eight years. So, well, Kevin and I are going to be going to Ireland uh, for, for the majority of the summer. And um, we're going to be taking, we're going to try and take a little break. And, you know, it's always good to, like, when you do something for so long, to take a break and step back a little bit. And uh, with the book and everything coming out, um, it's just, yeah, I think it's nice to take a little break and then come back uh, in uh, the fall. 
yeah. Also, just yeah, to get that perspective, and um, and we have an awesome team who keeps the trains running in the meantime. Yeah. So Gina will be back. Gina's not here right now. Yeah, because so she's away. You'll continue to get you know a, a wide array of brand new recipes and articles on biggerbolderbaking.com. In fact, we are getting close to releasing um, a new recipe or article every day. Syncs up with your book title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, again, new videos across every platform. So make sure that you. Follow us um, on uh, on social media. media, Yeah, especially follow my Gemma Stafford Instagram account because when I'm not working as much, I will be able to post more. So when I'm really busy, I don't get to post that much. Um, But uh, especially when we're in Ireland, I'll be posting from there. And yeah, keep in touch and we will make announcements when we're back. And uh, also don't forget about the Academy that I know a lot of listeners are members of the Academy. And we've got some uh, really fun things coming up there. And uh, yeah, there's lots of different ways to, to... Stay uh, stay abreast of what's going on. Terrific. And also at Bigger Boulder Baking across other social media for, for recipes and, and everything else. Uh, I have been your co-host. Uh, thanks for allowing me to do that. And um, have a great summer, everybody. <laughs>